0: Welcome to the creative process. So we're, we're standing in uh, the Pollack-Krasner house. Could mm-hmm. you just tell me how long you've been associated and you know your, how you came to, mm-hmm. to be director?
1: Uh, well, I've been here since 1990. I'm not the founding director. The museum opened in 1988. There was someone here before me who actually started it and set it up, but she was part-time. And as far as I'm concerned, she did an excellent job, but she didn't want to take it as a full-time job. So I was the curator of the local museum, Guild Hall, at the time. And I knew Meg Perlman, who was my predecessor and who uh, was uh, really responsible for getting the place up and running. And then when she decided to leave, I applied for the job. Depths of the Great Depression, as did Lee. She went to the Cooper Union and the National Academy of Design, Mm -hmm. and uh, fortunately for them, the WPA came along, the Federal Art Project. So
0: important to many artists. Oh my gosh! The whole generation
1: was saved from starvation, practically. Mm -hmm. But the the great thing about it, in addition to them being able to earn a living wage, they were free from commercial pressure, so they were able to develop artistically without having to worry about marketing their work. Mm-hmm. So they didn't need dealers. They didn't yeah. need collectors. They didn't need critics. They had and Uncle Sam. and that's yeah, it's, You know, it's great. It
0: puts you in touch with, you know, I think that it's a distraction for many, a necessity but a distraction mm-hmm. of thinking about the commercial. Who's going to buy this? Yes. What is this? And the, so much about being an artist is just... Being able to work on a daily basis, it's like a Mm -hmm, mm repertory, and you have your community, and that is so nourishing. And so, to have that free from worry, yes, well, you know, that's important to NARS development.
1: In her will, Lee made provision to set up a foundation to give grants to artists. It's
0: very generous. It's still going for how many years? Oh, oh, 35 years. years
1: Well, we call it Lee's private WPA (laughs) because that's that's exactly what it's intended to do, Mm -hmm. is to give artists time to do their work without worrying about the money. Mm-hmm. And, and are they
0: connected to the house or are you? I
1: we're either, separate. Yeah, um, yeah. Be, we belong to Stony Brook, mm-hmm. which was done deliberately in her will. Mm-hmm. She wanted to separate the two functions, but they have been very generous to us. Yeah. So we do, we, we're very, you know, we, we have, we're, we're joined at the hip, shall we say. Mm-hmm. But they do have, you know, a primary function of their uh, philanthropy is helping individual artists.
0: Yes, it's so lovely when artists do that. I'm well, the whole supportive. thing
1: about the creative process is that it takes time. It's not, you know, people think of Pollock as someone who just blurted out these drippy images and then went on and blurted out another one. You know. It's not like that at all. It's very time consuming because there's a great deal of concentration involved and then contemplation. So after the first campaign is completed, you have to step back, you have to Maybe hang it up on the wall. Maybe put it down on the floor. Leave it there on, and think about it and, and decide what you're going to do next. And then if it doesn't work, you've got you've to make it work. It's not just what you
0: see, it's all the decisions. The decisions see, yeah.
1: that are, in, and now in Pollock and Krasner's case, it may be a very spontaneous process. Yeah,
0: but it's Very still,
1: intuitive, you know. but it's still very time-consuming.
0: And energy. And, you can see the energy in the canvas. Well,
1: that's yeah. it. You know, it's, he said it himself. It's energy and motion made visible. Yeah. So these are things that come spontaneously from his own feelings, but they're based on, first of all, observation the natural world around him, all the forces of nature that were so influential, and then processing that and figuring out how to create a visual language that expresses those feelings. Yeah. And some of those feelings can be very complicated, yeah. and the, uh, the technique, the, the, the means of expression is dictated by what those feelings are. It's not Mm -hmm. the other way around. See, people think that, oh, he used the liquid material and then, you know, he just sort of danced around and that kind of gave him Mm -hmm. ideas. No.
0: And that's the thing. It's interesting is he he did get into the paintings, Mm -hmm. and I think that that's how we, we can get into them, that we enter them. He go he approaches it from every angle mm-hmm. he, yeah it, it's so involving it almost surrounds you
1: yeah um, even the smaller ones when you get up close to them it, all of them have kind of an ideal viewing distance some of them you really want to step back from them and contemplate them and then others really draw you in and even ones that are only medium-sized to sort of borderline. Well, for example, there's one that's just been conserved at the Los Angeles County Museum, um, mm-hmm. oh, sorry, L.A. Mocha. Yeah. It's this one, number one, 1949, and it's not huge, but mm-hmm. it's just, for me, the right size because it's not overwhelming, but it's big enough that as you get close to it, it begins to expand out you know, in your line of vision. And it's just got a lot going on in it, too. It's very colorful. Uh, we did not really speak about... I'm thinking of the women. Mm-hmm. Women are important
0: in his life. Oh, his very mother. Much so. mm-hmm. yeah, I'm thinking the, if we could talk about the positive and or maybe even the women who brought out some destructive elements, you know, as
1: you think, towards the end. Uh, if, so toward the end, yeah. yes, but his mother was very supportive, yeah. surprisingly so, for a farm wife, Yeah. who, okay. and the family, I mean, they were never destitute, but they certainly struggled. They were very working class, but his mother encouraged all the boys to be creative.
0: Mm. Five yeah, boys. Charles as well?
1: As Charles he? was the eldest, and mm-hmm. he's the first one who came to New York to study with Benton, but then Sandy came, Jay came, Jackson came, and uh, Frank stayed in California. He married into a rose-growing family, but the other four boys all came east, and it was very unusual when you think about it for, you know, she, if you if you would imagine the stereotypical farm wife, she would want the boys all to be doing farm work, Yeah. but she encouraged them to be creative,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then, of course, he had... Uh, a couple of female psychiatrists who helped Mm -hmm. him very much and Lee, of course, Peggy, Betty Parsons, Mm -hmm. they were all, they believed in him and they took a chance on him.
0: What, What have you learned about creativity, about artists, about you know what drew you to art? And well I, I started as an artist.
1: Yes. I went to art school, I, I studied art in college, I had studio, I sp- specialized in sculpture but I also did painting and printmaking mm-hmm. and ceramics and all the other things you do with an undergraduate. Then I went on for graduate work in sculpture at the Brooklyn Museum Art School and at Hornsey College of Art in London. And uh, I met my husband at the Brooklyn Museum and we married in 67 and then I went to uh, live in England for a while and practiced as a sculptor. So I did have a background of my own creative expression and when I started studying the WPA, which was my scholarly specialty, I went back to graduate school to do that, some of my teachers had been on it and told me about it and so I, I related to them on a personal level and a professional level and the artists we're talking 40 years ago they were still alive so you could call them up or go visit them and talk to them about it and you know i was very comfortable with artists because i was one
0: right that is so important well yeah. a lot
1: of graduate students in art history i don't think they really relate that well to the artists uh, mm-hmm. on a personal level right. and they often don't really know the techniques from having done them mm-hmm. I think it's wonderful when, when graduate students also take studio art right. so that they can get a sense of what's involved in actually making something and it's not that easy. You know? It's not an
0: object yeah. as you said you were able to identify the layers, yeah. the time the well it's also gestation. not just something
1: that you study it's something that was physically made by a human being mm-hmm. and those people you know they put a lot of themselves into it so for me, uh, that was a natural, natural thing. It didn't bother me at all. Sure. And I would be kind of appalled when some of my students would say, oh, you talk to the artist? Like, you know, what, what, what could you possibly learn from them that I'm not learning from my theoretical ideas? And it's like, give me a break. You know, yeah, get back, yeah. yeah. Let's get real here. But I think more students do actually do both now, which yeah. I'm glad of. But there's a kind of... Um, sympathy, I guess, that I got from that. And also just, I guess, the ability to look at art for what it is. Not not the theoretical side of it, but just just to appreciate it for what it is. Of course, I'd like to know what the artist was trying to accomplish if there is a a meaning uh, on that level. But I'm more interested in the visceral response, the actual Engagement with the work itself, and you know, I I have pretty Catholic tastes. I like abstract art. I like figurative art too, but I don't feel like I have to choose. I can respond to whatever I feel engaged with.
0: Want to get involved in interviews? Email us at team at creativeprocess.info. Thank you for listening.